tonight's episode, Photo Finish. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for about an hour or so. And on each day of the week, we have a different topic. And on Thursdays, which today is, we talk about travel or training. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, the calendar, what's going on for the rest of the year. And I noticed that I could do something on YouTube and then do a thing with a browser extension and then download like 1,200 thumbnails. And it took less time than it took me to explain it right there. So what we're looking at on the screen here is the 1,200 downloads that I just did with a couple of mouse clicks of mostly thumbnails from the videos uh, I wanted to get a little bit better filtered version of this, but what happens is YouTube gives you all the filtered stuff first, and then evidently 1,200 videos total in the search result. So it's kind of neat looking through some of the thumbnails here. Sometimes you can remember building a thumbnail, and sometimes you don't remember doing the thumbnail. I guess some of these are kind of still images pulled out of the probably middle of a video, so I didn't necessarily create them. But most of these in, are, are represent some amount of time sitting in front of a computer wiggling a finger or something in order to make a thumbnail. All right, so what we're going to be taking a look at today is in the description of this video. So I'm going to go over to the YouTube, YouTube uh, video here. Open that up and move it over to here. We're screen sharing. Uh, nobody's here live, so this is a rare opportunity for people who are listening in the future to be the only people listening to this. Nobody showed up live tonight, so uh, I might as well just shut off the comments. Nobody's paying attention to it. That gives us more screen to share. Well, there's nothing really to look at, but we can look at the uh, description of this video. And let's take a look at what we've got coming up for the rest of the year. Yesterday, today, depending on when you want to talk about this, was the uh, ATF rule going into effect and the gun community sitting around waiting for that to happen. Then we have 
uh, the diversity shoot. Tony Simon is bringing some people together in New Jersey, and that happened last night. In fact, I think I might have seen some pictures this morning on Instagram with him uh, hosting about how it went. That was in New Jersey again. Uh, this weekend, the University of Arizona has a shooting team, and they're going to have a first shots event. That's easy for me to attend if I wanted to, because that's just a couple miles away here in Tucson. Uh, I will not be doing that, however. There was something else that was happening on the 20th. Oh, that has nothing to do with this. Okay, so then uh, the 16th is uh, of next month, the September. Well, I guess, uh, you know what I forgot to put in here? I'm not logged into this account, so I guess I'm not going to edit it right now. But uh, Every Second Matters is the second of each month, so I probably could have added Every Second Matters in here. Sent out the invites to 30-something people who are activists to join us for a conversation uh, at 7 p.m. Oh, snap. Did I make it for 7 p.m.? I think I made it for 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, the second of the month. That's a Friday in September. We'll see who all shows up to that one. Then on the 16th, the D.C. Project has a rally in Washington, D.C., and uh, that is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, that's not the first time they've done it. DC Project's been around since 2015, so they started uh, getting larger and uh, meeting in DC to do their uh, meetings with the representatives that they do on the annual basis. So they would do some something like rallies, you know, photo opportunities, and bring people together. But this is a formal rally uh, with uh, where they claim the oh, what do they call it the lawn i think it's called the east lawn or something so uh should be pretty cool so see how many people show up give them some support and uh, make the picture look as good as possible g23 showed up good afternoon good evening then we've got uh on the 17th a machine gun shoot at dragon man's so dragon man's is a, a gun shop a gun museum and uh, an outdoor adventure location in colorado springs colorado which is pretty much dead center in colorado as far as things go it's a little bit over to the east it's not in the mountains or anything but it has a great view of the mountains and dragon man's is uh i don't even know now is it 80 acres it's a giant location east of colorado springs and it has uh, gun shop and, and range. There's machine gun rentals. There's a machine gun shoot once a year. That's what we're talking about. But in addition, he's got the, uh, well, hands down the best military museum that's open to the public, probably the best military museum, period. And it's beyond that because it's the access is unreal. Um, in addition to all that, he's got paintball fields. He's got uh, our ATVs tracks. He's got uh, just uh, two-wheel bike tracks, four-wheel track, or not four-wheel, but two-wheel bike, uh, can I say off-road tracks, and then uh, RV parking. So he's got a campground for RVs there too. Well, parking, not really a campground, but uh, awesome entrepreneurial and history-saving project. I mean, Dragon Man's is a museum, but it's a museum that's actively growing a dude is actively collecting interesting stuff and accumulating it to share. It's just an incredible thing to be a part of in 2022. And for two days, he has a machine gun shoot towards the end of the season there. Uh, the season being when the museum is open for tours. 
he'll close up the museum for tours over the winter and that's when he expands the museum and typically you know, moves things around and it fiddles around in there all winter amazing uh military vehicles and hot rods as well anyway uh, dragon man's will be september 17th and 18th it's, i would suggest that the dragon man's um visit is needs to be pretty high on someone's list for if they're interested in firearms at all going to dragon man's gets you to colorado which is a pretty interesting place it gets you to colorado springs which is pretty beautiful and whatnot it gets right into the middle of colorado so you have an opportunity to come down from denver or up from someplace else and then uh, to experience just regular coloradans i suspect denver isn't well i mean they live in colorado but a lot of people came to Colorado and planted their otherness on Colorado. I suspect Colorado Springs is a little more, at least where Dragon Man's is at, I'm guessing is the most authentic Colorado you're going to get. So that means uh, checking out some of the places where Dragon Man's eats breakfast and stuff would be high on my list of recommendations. And, uh, well, it, it, I was going to say just hanging out in the area, but now you can literally hang out at Dragon Man's. If that works with your plans, you might want to check that out. He does have an RV park now. All right, so the weekend after, no, two weekends from that would be September 30th, and that will be the weekend that spills into October. So September 30th into October 2nd is the Gun Rights Policy Conference, and that's when uh, Second Amendment Foundation, or more specifically, the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms brings together all the national and state level and area of interest focused gun owners rights organizations and gives them an opportunity well typically to take the stage either individually or as a panel you know as a sing as a member of a panel and then or a focus group or something they'll take the stage they'll offer some information you know sit rep what what's been happening what they see is the future what they might need accomplishments challenges opportunities right they, they share uh the, each of these organizations takes the stage and for they everybody gets together on friday evening then uh, all day saturday and then a good chunk of sunday everyone's together i'd say as or even sometimes more importantly depending on how you look at it the friday evening situation that happens where everyone is coming to town in this case dallas maybe it's fort worth i don't know but same thing um everybody coming to town from out of state or from out of town has uh the the hotel that it's held at ends up being a, a catalyst or a mixing a petri dish for second amendment conversations and activity collaborations reunions and uh the kind of stuff that's in priceless in the uh, industry or at least in the community or whatever i want to call activists because uh, typically, you're at an, an event, a, um, an annual event or an industry event or something, and you've got other business to do. You've got other stuff to do. It costs you money to be there. Your opportunity costs of farting around is that you're missing out on other opportunities. So having something like a gun rights policy conference specifically to talk about 2A, specifically or you know exclusively to the people that can manage to get there is an opportunity that's, again, priceless. So the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms is, an, is the first 
organization that people would associate with associate with Second Amendment Foundation. It started in 1972 as a uh, project that Alan Gottlieb did for a college organization. And when he was successful and interested in it, he asked if he could take it national. And once it became national, he uh, got, uh, what would you say, like he had some uh, understanding and he had some experience with uh, nonprofits in the area of Second Amendment awareness and acti activism. So that's when he decided to create the Second Amendment Foundation to do the things that the nonprofit Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms couldn't do, technically. There's some binders or hinders on what different organizations can do, at least that's the way I understand it. So the uh, Citizens Committee continued to exist as an educational and I think it's just an educational for, uh, project. And then Second Amendment Foundation would be the lobbying, uh, or not lobbying, but the, the part that does the court cases and the, the legal stuff. So the two organizations are separate. Each of them brings in a separate amount of funding, I think, because they both have different tax forms when we did the research. Uh, they're both around, like one of them's like six million and the other one's four million the last time I looked, if I'm remembering correctly. So together they bring in around 10 million and the Gun Rights Policy Conference has to cost a fortune. And to set it up and make it run smoothly is, you know, what they're, one of their um, unsung or unappreciated talents and abilities and contributions to the community. So the uh, conference itself is pretty much a, a undertaking of the uh, Citizens Committee, from what I understand. That's why they don't really talk, you don't hear too much about the Citizens Committee for the right to keep and bear arms. That being said, the Gun Rights Policy Conference is awesome. If you have an opportunity to get there, it is free for the attendees. It's uh, pretty boring, so most people aren't going to be able to hang there. You won't find any coverage of it at all. The people that are aware of it, you know, are not, not going to hurt their channels by talking about it. Uh, they're certainly not going to show up. And the people that do show up typically are still learning how to use the different services and features and platforms and, and uh, things out here to uh, share what they're doing. Uh, but that's being accomplished. The learning there is being accomplished by the AMCON, the um, alternative media convention that happens on Friday, the full Friday before Gun Rights Policy Conference starts. It the Gun Rights Policy Conference starts in the evening on Friday, typically, technically, and that's when people get together and start to chat and have some provided refreshments and stuff. Uh, so they create an environment for people to get together on Friday. They make it worth the while. Uh, G23 is saying to make it run smoothly is a huge feat. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't run... I mean, there's very minor little issues. It's very, it's done very well. Uh, they can tell they've been doing it for decades. Uh, it's a little bit dated, I suppose, but again, quality over trendiness, I think. So uh, the AMCON though is a, I guess a project of Second Amendment Foundation, Paul Lathrop and Amanda Suffolk and Cheryl Todd, from what I understand, uh, attempt to make uh, the day before the Gun Rights Policy Conference, uh, useful for media, people that uh, are writing or photographing or videographing or recording audio for the different uh, uh, reporting or um, 
I guess it would be reporting of the event or at least associated, you know, affiliated with the community in that. So, because actually not that many people are there to uh, record the event itself. But they uh, show up for the AMCON and the goal is to share information with each other. And uh, that happens each year, the Friday before. So then that brings us into October, which will uh, start off with the Kalash Bash, which is a uh, of Kalashnikov or AK-47 focused um, get together. I don't know what to call it. It's not really an industry event. It's not a gun show. It's not a competition and it's not just a informal recreational shoot, but it is a mix of all of those. And it's a little bit of cosplay and then they dash a bunch of weird Reddit goofiness on top of it to keep every, all the normal people away. And uh, they do interesting stuff there. It's been going on, I don't know how long now, for a long time. I've never been to it. I don't have that kind of ambition to go over there. They're too weird for me, but I definitely think of it, or I definitely appreciate what they got going on over there. Calling it a gathering. Yeah, it's a little more formal than a get, just a get-together. It's not a bunch of hippies shooting guns, but it's like adjacent to that. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I would like to go experience it for sure, but... Um, you know, it's super interesting for me as someone who's interested in Kalashnikov uh, starting off. Well, it's all another story, but starting off the way I became interested in the Kalashnikov and then my experience and um, interaction with it, especially online. Well, I mean, there's everything we do has Kalashnikov in it because it's like Second Amendment. It is foundational to guns. There's everyone in the world knows what Kalashnikov is and can appreciate its significance and it can be a uh you know an uh, you can use it to uh as a i don't know what to call it like a metaphor for a lot of different things in guns maybe but anyway so the clash bash is an interesting version of it and we'll find out another reason for that here in a bit but then uh, the next weekend would be october 14th and that would be the big sandy which is definitely a recreational machine gun shoot for people who are participating, you know, people that go there and shoot and spectators. Now it's not only for spectators, it is an actual recreational machine gun shoot, an authentic bunch of people get together for decades, be since before I've been doing stuff online. They've been getting together and having an informal and then eventually got large enough to necessitate formality and then eventually a tradition and now the longest running largest recreational machine gun shoot i'm sure it's in the world i mean there's possibly some warlords doing something if they can afford it maybe sheiks or some shit do something crazy but not that people that i'm aware of people can get invited to you can just show up at big sandy and pay 20 bucks or something and watch it for the weekend it's in the middle of nowhere so it's more than authentic it, it's it's like some of the vehicle stuff. It keeps the regular people away from there. People that can't handle it can't even get, literally can't even get there. So you have to be this, you know, much just to even get to it, which is awesome. And they haven't even tried to change that, barely. Like, they haven't done nothing to change that, honestly. They don't even hardly grade the road. So bravo to them for not even trying to make it easy. If you see somebody reporting from there, at least they've had the freaking balls to be able to get scared and go off the off the road in Arizona. I'm sure most people are puckering when they do that because it's not, well, unless you're crazy, you don't uh, think the roads back to Big Sandy are going to handle a vehicle. Big shout out to Bob, by the way, 
for dragging his uh, giant, that is a fifth wheel <laughs> on the back of his Dodge. So Dodges can drag a fifth wheel into Big Sandy. I mean, something dragged a bulldozer back there. So something, it is not, it is a navigable road, but most people don't realize it when they're on it. And again, you, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be the, the curtain that keeps most people away from that shoot. So it remains one of the most awesome ones. I would probably go up there more often if it wasn't for, I've been there a lot of times and this dog hates gunfire and they keep inviting me up at the top. And I don't like going there when I have an invite to go up top and then have to go down to the bottom because of my dog's wussy. So uh, I just don't go. So uh, then we've got uh, the next weekend is Red October. So, uh, we talked about Kalash Bash happening in Texas. We talked about Big Sandy happening in Arizona. Now we're talking about Red October happening in Nevada. So that one started in Utah because three states ain't enough for our kind of recreational machine gun shoots out west. But eventually it moved from Utah and a range that's really close to Vegas in southern Utah. Um, G23 is saying I'll de definitely like to make it to Big Sandy. Um, I've met, or I know, I would have to put a, a thing, but yeah, it's definitely doable. I know lots of people that have done it. Um, only one is a real asshole. So uh, even one asshole went to it. But otherwise, uh, it's, uh, there's, I'm trying to think now, there's more and more as I think more about it or think of more years. There's uh, been quite a few people that have showed up to it. Um, a lot of people show up for like a day and just stay in the car kind of thing and then book out and go back to phoenix or something even we had a dude from finland show up catch bay came all the way from finland to hang out with bob from canada and jimmy and went up to uh, big sandy all right so red october though is in a shooting um a recreational shooting mm, opportunity slash firearms exhibition slash swap meet slash competition slash cosplay get together slash more than that it's really neat and it's happening now at the oh what's it called i can't think of it right now the uh, gun club vegas which is a unique range in vegas vegas has a lot of good ranges we have a website called nevada shooting which is um dedicated to the different ranges and shops and stuff that we visited in nevada so if you want to check out some of the variety of shooting ranges in in nevada and specifically around las vegas i mean it's actually shit it might be the most concentrated amazing shoot actually it is yeah i can't think of any place else vegas has the most awesome shooting ranges than any other city yeah it does so, yeah, of the city, so Vegas being the city, now we've just determined that Vegas is the city with the most awesome shooting ranges. Gun Club Vegas, is that what it's called now? No, I'm just questioning it, but it's whatever it is. I think it's Gun Club Vegas, the one that it's at. Is, it's in Boulder, but whatever. Um, is unique. The uh, other ranges are either crazy good, but they're county or... Uh, or military uh, or they're okay so this one is crazy good and it's available and they have amazing events so 
being amazing and being, a, you know, not being available to the public is one thing. Being amazing and then opening the doors to the public is better. Being amazing, opening the doors to the public, hosting things like Machine Gun Bibi, who is uh, with Machine Gun Vegas, which is a recreational shooting opportunity for people that like rec, uh, machine gun tourism for people that traveled to Las Vegas internationally to shoot machine guns. So uh, the gun, the gun club Vegas, man, I should probably look it up, but the range that we're talking about hosts machine gun BB, who's a lady who's been uh, uh, a shooting ambassador and a coach and a, uh, like so, sort of what Tony does except for money um, in Vegas. So it's not, anything bad but uh so introducing new shooters who are just interested recreationally not interested in any kind of crazy paranoia or political thing or i can't have this so i'm gonna spiteful reason to own or scared reason to own these are just people that played it in a video game more than likely saw it in a movie grandpa talked about it grandma made one of these whatever and they went to shoot them. Remember, a lot of people's grandmas made the machine guns that everybody liked so much. Don't forget about that. Rosie the Riveter was making 1919s and uh, bars. You know what I'm saying? So don't forget about that. So a lot of people are wanting to shoot the guns that their grandmas made, right? And the Vegas and whatnot are giving them that opportunity. And the range that we're talking about offers those people who are in Vegas who need an outdoor option for their menus or for their lists to be able to do that. So uh, this range is pretty cool. And now if you take, so now they're a good range. Now they're available to the public. Now they host uh, recreational machine gun, uh, whatever you call them, valets or whatever to, uh, or butlers to, uh, um, you know to give them space to introduce people and at an awesome range let's not forget this is an awesome range it's not just an awesome range built into the what it would be i guess a westward it's on the east side of a mountain so it's shooting up into the mountain going west so that means you never shoot into the sun because the mountain covers the sun up so it's brilliant they can do nighttime events and it just looks freaking epic you have a cliff face and it's red rock because all everything in Nevada is real desert with just, you know, iron rich, mineral rich, red deserts, right? So uh, epic cliff face behind you, sunsets happening because of California has got all those fumes coming up. It makes the sunsets really awesome. And then uh, behind you, you've got the other ranges and nothing. So it's just a really epic place to experience and even driving out to it now. Vegas or Nevada, I guess, wasted a ton of money making this super stupid road. And you have to drive all around in the middle of nowhere to get to this range now. So it's kind of a fun, I mean, it's not fast, it takes forever, but it's a fun little drive. You're driving through highway in the middle of nowhere and give it three years, five years, and you'll have driven in highway that is now in the middle of town. So I don't know how many people appreciate being able to live before sprawl and then during and after sprawl has occurred, you can experience that in Vegas like nowhere else in the country. You can visit Vegas every three years and see the creep of suburban sprawl. And the range that we're talking about is literally in the mix of it right now. It's getting developed. 
So for a minute here, it'll be neat. Eventually that range will be gone, right? It'll be moved way out of town again into the deserts of Vegas or Nevada. But while it's still there, it's an awesome range. So I got off on a top tangent there. So we've got ranges that are awesome. We've got ranges that are awesome and then available to public. We got ranges that are available to public and then bring recreational tourism in and then give them an epic experience for that recreational firearms tourism. And then there's a level above that. And that's the level where they have long-term events like uh, Red October, like uh, the uh, Antares Week or the Antares Shoot, which was a military and law enforcement focused uh, industry event that happened at the Gun Club Vegas. So again, an amazing range with awesome facilities and a great layout the way that you park is you park at the bottom of the hill in this parking lot and then you get driven up in vans, which is always a luxury. And then once you're up in the range area, you're separated from your vehicle. So you feel like you're in a luxury resort, except you're really in a range. And then as you stroll around the, the tiers and the terraces of different ranges, it used to be a quarry. So you're walking around where historically giant, you know, bulldozers and construction equipment ripped out the minerals that would eventually become Las Vegas down the hill. So as you're walking along these different terrorist ranges and stuff, you're experiencing all the different stuff that Red October has to offer. So they do different things in each bay. There might be competition in one bay. There might be a manufacturer set up where you can go pull triggers on their product or see how their magazine is more different than somebody else's magazine or maybe see some optic or whatever stuff they've you know got to offer. And then behind the actual ranges, as you're walking around, they'll have pop-up tents with different information about stuff or much like a swap meet or like a um, uh, some kind of uh, industry day type of thing where there's different uh, people just offering information or letting you fiddle with their gizmos, whatever they got. But then there's the competition going on. So you've got people walking around with all their gear, worried about whatever they're worried about in their competition. Then you've got some uh, just bragging rights type of stuff, people playing around, doing some cosplay stuff, best costumes, probably that kind of thing. Interesting guns, there's all kinds of Kalashnikov related stuff. So um, everything from PKMs to SKSs and all that. Then you get uh, the, um, the fun part of it, which is when it's all over, then it turns into kind of like a giant party. So I don't know how Clash Bash goes. I've only been to Red October before, but uh, that Red October is in the same realm it's adjacent to clash bash but in a different state and completely different so the same way that we had a kind of a binary thing going on with big sandy and uh knob creek where some people didn't even know we had two giant recreational machine gun shoots that spectators could show up at and, and even participate by renting machine guns at uh knob creek was right in the middle of kentucky where you could just drive up to it there was a big gun show there massive massive tradition and following of people that showed up to that one uh definitely spectator driven while the machine gun participants were there having a lot of fun uh the spectators were certainly a big portion of knob creek and then you had big sandy well we got a similar type of kind of binary thing going now with clash bash and red october there was some similar things happening in the past with bullpup shoots, and there's probably been other things that I don't know about. I'm sure there's been some things with long range, if I put my mind to it. Uh, Might have been some things with cowboy shooting until it all turned into um, the cowboy shooting that they've got now. But for now, we're living in the era where there's two large 
Kalashnikov focused shoots happen in each year, and that's telling us well at least one indi one indicator there. That's an indicator of how many people are out there interested in going to a basically cosplay uh, Kalashnikov focused competition slash swap meet slash industry event. Like that's not that I'm, I'm into all this stuff, and I don't have that much ambition to go to it. So they're getting enough people to go to these things year after year. That's an indication that we've got a lot of stuff going on out there. So I think we're going to probably start seeing a lot more CCW and um, the evolution of shooting because CCW is fun, but it's boring as hell and it's lame. And once you're not as scared anymore and once you're just comfortable with guns, you're either going to move on and deal with something else in your life or you're going to look around and get into marksmanship or distance or i don't know something else scenario training or slingshots right you're going to get into something else and you're going to start digging around and then you'll start to well unless something changes we'll start seeing a lot more diversity and a lot more stuff going on out there the same way that we've seen with concealed carry and with just uh awareness of rights in the last few years so it looks like after Red October, all you got to do is Halloween. You can do that on your own. And then you got Wanamaker, which is the largest gun show in the world. Started in a long time ago. I don't remember off the top of my head. I guess I could click up here and it would tell us. Or I could go over to probably uh, Gun Show Reviews. That's where I used to put all the SHOT Show stuff back in the day. And if we go down to the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, it's the largest gun show in the USA, held twice a year in March and November. It's in an 11-acre building, which is 480,000 square feet, if you don't know what an acre is, and then six miles of tables. I think they say a different number, but I've walked it more than once, and I think it averages around six miles if you walk down every aisle and between everything, and there's a lot of sideways. The sides of the Wanamaker show are bigger than most people's gun shows. Just the little side pieces that are like the, the cheeks on a fish or something. So uh, then you got general interest exhibits, antiques, modern firearms, knives, swords, accessories, and collections, and... Celebrity guests. I don't know why they put celebrity guests in there. I guess every once in a while you get a politician doing a thing. And maybe they think of people from the NRA. Like the NRA Museum shows up once in a while. It says, since 1955, the Indian Territory Gun Collectors Association has sponsored two shows, typically in April and October every year. In 1968, Joe Wanamaker was elected secretary treasurer of the club. One of his responsibilities or one of the responsibilities as treasurer was to produce the show. It was a tiny hundred table show when he took over. Under his leadership, it grew to be the biggest and best gun show in the world. The Indian Territories Gun Collectors Association no longer sponsors the show, but we're, ex we're excited to be sponsored by the Tulsa Arms Collectors Association. So there are a couple of arms collectors association. And now that I've said that, I'm kicking myself because I haven't ever put the arms collectors associations in my projects, damn it. So wish I had some time right now to do that right now. Um, but yeah, there's the Dallas arms collectors. There's a whole bunch of them. Guess what? Up in the Northeast, they like collecting old Revolutionary War stuff. And then everybody on the East Coast 
has access to and sometimes appreciates Civil War stuff. So you get different kind of arms collectors over the years. Then there's World War II collectors, there's World War I collectors, etc. Military arms collectors in general, and then you're going to have like Marines collectors and you know Army that kind of thing. So, dang, I never even thought of that. Now it's going to be bugging me until I can add it. That being said, that's what we're talking about is uh, the Wanamaker Show. Four thousand two hundred tables. And if I didn't mention, just alluded to it, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So awesome show. It happens, as it says, twice a year. It's a two-day event. All of that is you got to get there and you got to hustle. I've, it's frustrating when you see people that effort to get there and then pay to get there, right? They're paying, efforting to get there is paying for it. Show up and then like, yeah, hey, we'll wander in at 10 a.m. Well, you're not wandering in at 10 a.m. You're getting in a long line and getting in at maybe 12 p.m. I don't know how long that line takes. It seems forever. It looks like a long line, I should say. But uh, anyway, then you get in there, and then, I mean, it takes all day. It, when we get in there a day ahead of time and start looking around by cheating ahead of time, by looking around before it's even open, a day before it's open, if we're lucky, um, if you know somebody that's got a table or your media or whatever, then you can get in there early and start looking around. You kind of need that. I don't even know how people do it without that. And then you've got barely a day because Saturday's one day. And then Sunday, for some reason, people are like, well, I'm going to start, you know, closing up at 12 instead of two or something. So you don't even get a full Sunday. And definitely people show up late on Sunday. I mean, that's a given, I guess. So, uh, yeah, people that show up and just kind of mosey around, uh, I guess they're just there to experience the happening of it. But if you're going there for the uh, more than just the experience, then uh, it's only two days. So you really do got to hustle. The good news is, is that it happens twice a year. And that if there's 4,200 tables, probably 4,000 of the tables, and probably 3,500 of the tables are exactly the same every time. So you will have some new tables, but a majority of them are the same. And they're typically in the same place. So you do get to start to get some idea of where things are and where you got some landmarks in there. G23 is saying maybe next year I'll be able to make it to Wanamaker. Yeah, I don't know. Wanamaker's tough. I like going in a van because then if I want to, I can go, oh, I'll buy that. And I don't even have to think about how big it might be. I've had to come home with a lot of stuff in the van, that's a whole other story. And you know, the worst that happens is I have to sleep for a couple of days all curled up in the front or whatever because there's so much stuff in the back. But uh, flying would be frustrating because then you'd have to either put yourself in check and not buy anything big or good or find somebody who can help you get it back out of there because the problem with traveling by plane is most people don't put a couple of days on each side of the trip to give themselves some time to do stuff just for in case anybody ever does decide to travel to Tulsa for any reason Tulsa is not open on Monday I don't know why but for whatever reason they close everything on Monday so just be aware of that um, like literally everything in town is closed on Monday All right. and, and the other thing that happens I guess on the same weekend is USCCA so USCCA is not just a company that owes me like 500 bucks from 2005 so i'm still aware of that and i still could use that 500 bucks maybe i'd shut up about it if they gave me 500 bucks but 
Anyway, uh, they also are an organization that is a, a membership organization. And once you're a member, you get some personal liability protection stuff and uh, 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 probably a newsletter or something. And I think a bunch of videos and this, oh, well, uh, what am I trying to say? An invitation to their expo. I can't imagine expos are free. And when they're big, they get more expensive, I bet. So I'm sure it costs something to put this expo on. I've never been to one. I don't really intend to go to one until I get paid 500 bucks. But uh, a lot of people do go to it. I'm never going to go to anything that puts itself on the same weekend as Wanamaker. And I'm not sure what they used to do their event way earlier in the year. So I'm not sure how people think about that one or what, but putting it a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving and a couple of weeks after Halloween is a bold move, USCCA, bold move. And then we get SAR show. So, you know, Thanksgiving and whatnot, then you get SAR show. So after Thanksgiving with plenty of time before Christmas, when everybody's just in the right mood to actually talk about guns and get to Phoenix and it's the perfect time to be in Phoenix and it's a tradition since 2000. So a 22 year tradition of the small arms review magazine which is, uh, I think, twice a year, four times a year. It's a magazine that comes out a couple of times a year for the machine gun aficionado, people that are interested in belt-fed, tripod-mounted, full-auto firearms and everything that's associated with them, uh, the history, the experience, I'm going to say, the laws and the, uh, the well, I'm just, I don't know what to say, but experience. Like, it's been a crazy wild ride for full-auto aficionados and the small arms review magazine has done a pretty awesome job i think it's the only one even doing the job but they've done a good job of it making a quality magazine a couple of times a year in addition they publish books which are decent and they host this show with crossroads of the west which is the promoter a pretty large of the probably dozen or maybe maybe dozen or two dozen if you count every little gun show provider or promoter not a lot of gun show promoters out there the uh, Crossroads of the West is one of the larger ones, definitely the largest gun shows this side of the Wanamaker show. There are some large gun shows on the east side of the country in Florida and in Virginia, but the largest show this side of Wanamaker in Oklahoma would be the SAR show. That's going to be the entire everything except for the ice house or the hockey place at the uh, Arizona State Fairgrounds. So the Arizona State Fairgrounds has a hockey thing. It has a horse thing, and then it has one, two, three, four, five, but you could say six buildings. And then in between all those buildings, there's a giant tent, which is the size of two of the buildings. All of that sometimes is the SAR show. One of the buildings over there in the west side of the facility is the small arms review building. And that always is the small arms review building, and that's where all the small arms review stuff is. It's the same price, and it's the same Part of it it's just that that portion of the fairgrounds typically doesn't no gun show spills over there unless it's a crazy situation a crazy year regular gun shows don't spill over they don't get that big this is a giant gun show how many tables let's go see if i've got it over here at um gun shop review or gun show review i may so uh the rest of the buildings, though, are just a giant gun show. I mean, not just a giant gun show, but they are a giant gun show. 
So it looks like it started in 2000. And do I have something in here about the number of tables? Hmm, I guess I don't. Nah, I don't. I probably should ask somebody. I started getting permission to do coverage of the show. I don't even remember, but a long time ago. And uh, it's an it's an awesome show. I mean, I go most every year. And um, the show itself brings people from California and other states to the gun show part of it. And I mean, as long as it's not raining or something, the outside portion of it, it spills over outside the buildings into like Northridge, uh, brings a bunch of parts there. Uh, so stuff that is kind of like special treats that we don't normally get at our gun shows. All the old collector stuff will come back. And because it's such a big show with that kind of stuff, the, it's, mo it's the closest thing to a real gun show that there is. I almost put it that way. I'm just going to say it. Uh, it because of the collector groups that are the businesses that cater to collectors since they're showing up the collectors show up because they know that the people that attend the show are there to collect so it's a it's a different um it's a it's like an old-fashioned gun show it has been ruined by ammunition before but it has rebounded it's probably because it's one of the last and it's the largest um and hopefully that stuff can't die. And hopefully enough people will continue to go to this one and then take their memories from SAR, the Small Arms Review Show, and go, why can't my regular gun show be like this? And then some old guy will go, it can be. It was like this all the time. They were always like this. And then and then it'll turn back into gun shows being a lot more like Clash Bash or Red October. Anyway, so then SAR show happens, and then go have Christmas. Go do your thing or whatever other thing you might be doing. Feel free to fill in the blank with whatever. I just go with the default one, Christmas. And then we start another year, and then it'll be 2023. Everybody's got to come up with uh, things to be worried about and new strategies. This is Thursday, so on Thursdays, our goal is to talk about travel and training. So training is pretty awesome and we'll be talking about that again i'm trying to think of how i can incorporate it in in tonight's but the uh, travel part of it obviously incorporates into tonight's pretty easily uh g23 says if he goes to wanamaker he's driving yeah um plus here's the thing i don't know about other people maybe you don't like road trips because something happens maybe somebody was mean to you on a road trip at one point maybe you hate cars or something but uh I've always done road trips with the family and just it was part of my nature, my nurture. I don't know. It's part of my growing up. So I don't mind being in a car and I appreciate the time in the car when you're looking out the window at everything that's going by. You know, you're going past a heck of a lot of people, their families, their lives, and you can appreciate just how big of a country we've got and how big of a country we've got. I don't just mean like how many people and how far around they are from each other, but how much we have, how biggest stuff is going on, how much stuff is, is happening. When you travel, I'm going to encourage you to stop at local places. Chains suck. Chains are the reason that, you know, some things are good, but most everything sucks about chains. And there's nothing good you can get about a chain unless, like, they're paying you to eat for free. And I'm going to tell you how to do that if you want. But, yeah, you can eat for free at least two different restaurants now that I know of where you can get paid to eat for free. And I'll be definitely doing that whenever I go back on the road. 
um, so that I don't have to pay for food. I'll get be getting paid to eat. But aside from that, um, I like eating at local places. Uh, you get to experience the flavor and the, I don't know what the word is for food trends or whatever, like what people, you know, the, the regional flair to the stuff. Um, when I moved to Arizona, I realized that, oh, guess what? Racist, all Mexican food ain't the same. Over here, we have a whole different kind of flavor palette or stuff than whatever most people are used to. Most of the stuff that most people eat is from Mexico City, from what I understand. And we're eating a different kind of uh, flavor here. And it's the same kind of thing. If you go eat scrambled eggs or French toast or French fries or onion rings around the country, it's just crazy how much uh, differences and similarities there are out there. Uh, that's why those um, local places, I think, you know, add so much to a road trip or to an experience. Crabby saying chains are for the bathroom stops. Definitely washing your hands or using the garbages or whatever for getting uh, chased by a crazy uh, hitchhiker. You know, that's a good place to run into other people or something. But yeah, aside from that, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of them. What I do like is the truck stops. So you can easily fill in any kind of cultural safety, cleanliness, consistency, all that kind of stuff uh, with a truck stop. Some of the truck stops are actually crazy fun. So um, kind of like the Walmarts of truck stops now, there's some big ones and uh, they're good and they're bad, but we're living in a time when that's happening. I remember living in a time when it was, what was the name of that place with the blue roof? Howard Johnson's. And I'd be like, let's go stop at a Howard Johnson's because you could stop at a Howard Johnson sitting in an old fashioned thing. And then they'd give you real ice cream, like old fashioned way. So at least what I remember being old fashioned way. I'm sure my grandparents were like, I'm not going to go there. That's not old fashioned enough. But uh, it was weird. So they got rid of all them, I guess. But uh, it went from them to like, a and W's was about the best, most consistency you could get. It was like A and W's, or I mean McDonald's, I guess. Maybe a you'd see a, a Jack in the Box somewhere. There'd be occasionally a Burger King, but back in the old days when the giant uh, chains were still creating themselves, uh, they weren't everywhere. So you had uh, a lot more smaller regional restaurants, and those sucked, sucked hard. I mean, Denny's, think of Denny's and shit like that. Like those suck pretty bad. They got the potential to be good. So anyway, I've driven plenty of road trips over the years. I've definitely gone to places with people that are so fussy and weird. Have you ever gone to a road trip with like a ton of people? And then everybody goes to the most horrible places because, you know, you pretty much have to go to certain places or whatever to be able to accommodate, you know, busloads of people. If you ever had to do this as a kid or some kind of organization going in as a busloads of people. You just get treated horribly. It's horrible. So it's that kind of thing. If you're going to a place that can handle institutional, you know, needs of giant things, then that's what you expect. Anyhow, so I think uh, experiencing some of that local stuff is fun. But then you also just get to hang out with regular people. Because typically, if you're driving down the road and you go to the chain, you're experiencing a whole bunch of other people that are on their way to going somewhere else. So a bunch of tourists being tourists and looking for consistency and boring and specifically not looking for anything local. You go to something local next to the highway, you know, you're probably getting a mix of locals that are... Um, 
locals that go in and out of town might be willing to talk to you. You go off the highway a little bit into somebody's area and stop at their restaurant. You got the balls. I like doing that. But then you got to get a whole bunch. You got to get used to having a whole bunch of looks alike. What are you doing here? What are you where you get off driving into our restaurant? You know, you people are supposed to hang out by the highway and that could be super fun. You got to be into it. Um, I guess on the other side of it, I don't really do it, but you know, the other side of it is uh, driving and you stop for the evening and then you've got the, the evening stuff that I don't get you know, the money or the inclination to go hang out in some of the evening stuff. But again, that's got to be crazy across the country, you know, crazy different, crazy interesting, uh, different shows and clubs and things that you could hopefully not get in trouble with. Speaking of evening activities, there's Biker Bob. So back in what, 2016, I was minding my business. Just sitting here without a podcast like a regular person. And then this dude comes down from Canada, drags his fifth wheel down. We meet at the SAR show, or at least one of the crossroads. It might have been the SAR show. And then uh, he comes down to Tucson, and then we started doing this podcast. And then he ditches out of there after like eight years and goes, I'm not going to do the podcast anymore. Now i got to do it by myself. And, uh, yeah, that's how I'm doing this podcast. So there's Bob. All right, well, we're at about an hour, and you can get this list of stuff that we just went over in the podcast from the description of the video. Uh, it's there, but it's also at a place called guncalendars.com. We're called Gun Websites because I started building websites in the 90s, and I really liked them, and I started uh, putting gun stuff online to show my friends back east, and other people were like, hey, that's cool. And then I started to get into AK collecting, and meeting people and putting my stuff up there to share it with the collectors and then working at the gun shop and hanging out and stuff started just putting stuff up to share it maybe to show hey if everybody's going to have questions about this why don't we just make a video of it and uh you know then youtube started up and uh eventually uh well the rest is history so anyway we started off with the websites and we keep them kept them going the guncalendars.com is literally a calendar. It's got some lists over there. I guess I could just be showing you. So there's a link here. You can go to it from the link or just type in guncalendars.com into a search engine. It's going to be a calendar, and I try to keep it as up-to-date as possible. You'll notice there's a scroll at the bottom of the screen. We're down to 147 people that subscribe to what we do. Understandably, people have dropped off for financial reasons, I'm assuming. Hopefully, they don't get sick of what we're doing. But uh, some people subscribe to what we do. If you've ever thought that it's this is uh, our obligation to do this, that's not the case. It's uh, definitely something I enjoy doing. I'm interested in doing more, but I'm only able to do what I'm able to do. And uh, that is due to the subscriptions from our Patreons. So uh, they make it possible for these sites to be up and uh, to pay for the server bills and all that. So they also give me the time to go in and update these things. These things don't update themselves. And I usually go live when I do it because it's a pain and it's like a chore. And I like to let people know that I'm doing this stupid chore and appreciate the uh, Patreons for making it happen. Once One day I'll have a intern that I can just task all this with. But as you go over to gunchannels.com and you start to go around the calendar, you'll see that each of the dates has some more information about it. We have information about uh, pieces of history as well as uh, the upcoming events that might be that we kind of talked about here. So you can check all that stuff out at gun or guncalendars.com. I just wanted to make sure, yeah, I didn't miss Skynet. We missed yesterday being the uh, formation of auto ordnance. The Thompson submachine gun was invented back in the day 
1916, the company that made it, Auto Ordnance, was, was founded. Uh, in addition to the calendar over at Gun Calendars, you see there's some other pages up here at the top, some other links. Uh, we have a link for 2A rallies. Try to keep that as current as possible. This year, we only have one more rally, and that's in Michigan on the 21st, at least that I'm aware of. So if you're aware of any other rallies, uh, let us know so we can put them in here. We also have a place for just plain old firearms events. A lot of the stuff we talked about today offer a couple of different visual ways that you can share that stuff. Uh, but like we said, we've got most of the stuff we talked about uh, today in this list with links and with dates. And again, if you're aware of something that we're missing here, then let us know. Uh, our goal is to have stuff archived so that people can do research and find when things happened, makes it make us stronger going forward, but also give people a heads up and a, and a consistent, easy way to uh, share what's coming so that these events can be as useful as possible. And uh, by that, I mean, you know, su uh, successful as possible. As many people show up to collaborate, meet, and experience, you know, what it's like to have a bunch of people show up for whatever we're talking about here, either a rally or a machine gun shoot or a uh, an industry event or a gun show. Uh, that's kind of stuff that, that strengthens our industry, and our goal is to um, make that uh, to, I guess, make that, um, what should I say, to uh, help that, to make it work and more easy for people. Uh, the calendar goes up into next year. I just saw a couple other things over on Instagram. As we get closer to the Christmas time, we're going to see more and more of the beginning of the year events start to get finalized. So we don't just put this calendar out once a year and wipe our hands from it. We uh, spend time thanks to our Patreons whenever possible to keep the calendar as updated as possible, again, to give people an idea of what's coming and, uh, well, give credit where credit's due on the stuff that's already happened, but again, to archive it for people that might be doing research or something. All right, so that's gun channel or guncalendars.com. This was the Daily Gun Show. Uh, let's see. Bob says, uh, I was just chatting with everybody. So again, thanks for showing up and being part of the show live. If you're listening to this in the future on one of the podcast platforms, or if you're watching the video over on guntube.org, gunstreamer.com, or on UGE tube, or I guess one of those other video platforms that aren't gun related, then uh, leave us some feedback. Uh, every time I'm out there clicking on stuff, I'm wondering, is it worth taking the time or wasting the clicks to, to drop this video on another platform? Uh, so we look at the numbers, how many people look at it or watch it or download it or whatever. And that's some indication. But how do we know those aren't our enemies, right? We don't want our enemies looking at stuff. So if uh, you are on our side, you're an ally, then let us know. Leave a link or not a link, but leave a comment or something in the uh, wherever the platform it is you're watching it on. It accomplishes two things. It lets us, the human beings on this side, know that it's worth putting it there and that you appreciate what we're doing. But then it also lets the mechanisms, the robot under parts of the internet, the little parts you never really pay attention to, uh, it lets them parts know that there's human beings over here telling it this is important to us. And that's what tells it what to share. So we appreciate that, that you're you know, participating in the mechanisms as well as uh, enjoying what we're doing. If you're not enjoying it, feel free to leave us comments and to leave because there's lots of other options out there. We encourage you to check out stuff that's focused on the Second Amendment, but you're going to do whatever you're going to do. 
All right, we're at about an hour. It is Thursday, so there's nothing else for you to do. We are the last show of the evening. We do this at midnight Eastern because we appreciate the people that reset the planet, that clean everything, that build everything, and that do all the stuff that nobody else appreciates. We do appreciate you. Uh, if I can get to maybe twice or three times as many Patreons, we'll be up all night. I'll be bringing in guests on the regular. We'll turn this into a whole nother tradition of having two-way focused gun chat all evening. Till then, we'll continue to do it an hour or so at a time each night. Tomorrow night, we focus on everything else that everybody did this week that was focused on the Second Amendment, the good and the bad. I don't have to uh, dance around and act like I appreciate every worthless garbage that people do when it's worthless, and I get to say what's honestly awesome because, again, I don't have to worry about offending anybody thanks to those Patreons. So uh, at least as far as... Uh, ads and sponsorships and that kind of stuff so thanks to their ability to be free with that we're able to offer the best stuff that happened in the week and hold people accountable for when they're just phoning it in we had a, uh, a i'm thinking of a video i seen uh earlier this week from an organization that i am skeptical if it's not uh if they didn't get suckered into being uh guerrilla marketed for dick sporting goods I posted a thing on on Substack about it, but I'm listening to this thing, trying to be open-minded and trying to be open-minded. I'm being critical because I can't help it because they're saying half-truths and lazy science, lazy re investigative research, and then coming to these conclusions and then suggesting courses of actions for other people based on lazy half-ass research that isn't even half-ass, like lazy 1% research. And it's not scholarly or, I mean, I'm not some kind of book nerd, but I can tell half-ass effort when I see it and then jump into massive conclusions. And then right at the end, they go, and we're trying to work with Dick Sporting Goods if we can figure out how to contact them. Like, who the hell can't figure out how to contact a massive organization? Who can't figure out to click on a contact us page? So I think it was a massive scam. Uh, and I don't know if it, I'm pretty sure they got suckered into it, but I don't know if they're even paying attention when people like to divide between hunters and gun owners and people like to divide between uh, just gun owners in general, then uh, I'm skeptical. So I appreciate the ability to be skeptical and to uh, you know, not have to worry about if that's going to endanger some relationship with somebody who's going to be paying a bill someday. So with that, uh, you might, if you want to check that out, it's over on the Substack. I don't, I don't remember if I posted it on the Patreon or not, but uh, it's. I'll mention a couple of things from over on the Substack this week on uh, the weekly wrap-up. There's actually some pretty interesting stuff happening over there. You got to read it though. That's the problem. Oh snap! I always forget to talk about that. Thanks. Krabby for remembering or reminding me to say that it's also Free Patch Friday. So uh, I'm actually trying to not talk about that, but yeah, uh, that's more important than ever. And I uh, do appreciate the people that support what we're doing. Uh, we'll try to do a couple of more things here to make that, um, you know, keep everything going. So thanks for that. I probably should mention that a lot more often. And, uh, oh, I guess we may have a chat tomorrow with a gun shop. I'm attempting to uh, get that going. And if that happens, let me go check real quick on uh, link over here if i just can click over here 
see if we get some kind of announcement right now about anything. Well, I guess I'm not getting a very definite response on that, so I don't want to say nothing finite. But uh, hopefully we'll have something maybe tomorrow, but uh, maybe not. Uh, otherwise, thanks everybody for showing up live. And I guess I mentioned people that are showing up in the future. Give us some uh, feedback from out there. And until next time, we'll be back. Oops, I'm clicking the wrong thing. We'll be back to pick you. Oh, see, I didn't even get that figured out right at all. I'm looking at the wrong screen, so that threw me off completely. So now I can say, we'll be back to pick you up later. Tonight's episode, Triangle of Terror. Hey, did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do? Check out our print-on-demand store. We have a tab here on YouTube. When you click on it, you can choose from a bunch of different items. We have shirts and posters and coffee mugs. Click on the one you like. When you find the design you want to put on it, choose a color and a size if it's appropriate. And when you purchase these items, a portion goes to help fund our future projects. We really do appreciate your support. You get some cool stuff. When you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. Do, 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 do.